Ladies and gentlemen, you have to wait no more. We are back. Season three of the This League podcast is here. And there have been a couple happenings since we've last talked to you that I'm confident in saying can literally change the landscape of this league. And we are going to get into a fraction of those and just check up on you guys because I'm sure you're still beautiful if you're listening to this podcast. Let's roll! Carson Wentz better not suck penis or I'm going to kill myself. Y'all boys ready for this? How the folks let's get them around. Bowl the best sports talk in town. You got our host, Darren, Tim, and Chris. Baby, it can't get better than this. Give out all the power rankings. Laugh at all the teams tanking. A lot of fun, a lot of surprise. But give it up for the guys in this league. Let's go! Word to your mother. Welcome in to the first episode of season three of the This League Fantasy Football Podcast. As always, I am your host with the most, Chris Mitchum, owner Team Fair Life, and we got the usual crew with you today. Still sexy, still got the best voices in the game. Of course, I'm talking about Tim Raider. Yeah, how's it going, everybody? And we have the defending champion of this league, owner of Let Russ Cook. And he might be cooking a little more this year. We'll get into that. And, of course, I'm talking about Aaron Hunt. How's it going, my man? Oh, it was pretty good. And, you know, walking into our election day with the trophy doesn't get really much better than that. I feel that. One of these days, I aspire to know what that feels like. Don't we all? Don't we all? And uh, if you're yeah. a usual listener of this podcast, you typically know what's coming up, but uh, we have to put something to rest this week. Aaron, this is a typically the time when I ask you, as a Colts fan to a Colts fan, did Carson Wentz suck penis this week? And unfortunately, Chris, I can no longer answer that question. Oh, because, and, and, uh, and why is that? Carson's on the Commanders. On the Commanders. Woo! He's got a bar. <laughs> Colts fans celebrating everywhere, baby. I mean, talk it up. He is out of our lives. See you later. Dude, when, like, Chris Ballard doesn't like you, you must be an awful human being. Yeah, that was Rough. All the press conferences, Jim Ursay was burying him. He was. was. Isn't that like a SpongeBob meme or something where it's like, stop it, he's already dead. <laughs> That's the Simpsons, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Pop the one time man. Tim tries to do a SpongeBob <laughs> reference. <laughs> hey, good try. It's the effort that counts, man. Oh, yes. The Carson Wentz era for Colts fans is over. Hallelujah. And we bring in a above-average quarterback which is all we can really ask for right now. But we will get into all of that later because this show is mainly going to be centered on all of these offseason moves. And there were so many that we probably cannot even get through them all today. But we are going to go in as far as we can. That's what she said. Um, and uh, make sure this podcast doesn't drone on for too long, but try to hit all the news that we can. Before we get into that, as always, I have to remind you, if you want to keep up with all of the offseason moves, 
Obviously, in our league, free agency is closed between the time of the end of the championship to the end of the rookie draft. So you won't see any of those, but we've already had a trade in the offseason. I think people are still prepping and sending offers uh, every which way, and you can keep track of those at our website at www.thisleaguepod.com. That is www.thisleaguepod.com. You can expect some major improvements coming that way as um, as the offseason continues on. Um, and a brief announcement for the members of the league. If you have not had a chance to look over that edited constitution, it was sent to your emails. I also sent you an email over or a reminder over text. Just some brief changes from the last time it was edited, which was February of 2020. So obviously we had to change some stuff in there as well. And uh, also before we get into the news, we are going to touch on the results of the election day, which was a fun one. But before we get into all of that, I have to ask, it's been a good two months since we've had our ears and our mouths over the microphones. So Tim, I will start with you. What 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 the hell's going on, man? How you doing, bro? Well, let's see. Last time we talked, we were doing Super Bowl predictions, right? Oh you know, yeah. My Bengals with the surprise of the century. Do you do you need the sad music or are we not there? You know, maybe had it been a week after, two weeks after, but it's been two months. You know, we've we've had the reflection time. All right, all right. Yeah, you know, we're we're a year ahead of schedule. You know, we'll be back. Don't worry. You know, we we're fixing the roster up. Um, and you know, I just I can look back. I can enjoy the ride that we were on, and know that I've got Joe Burrow, so I'll sleep easy at night. That's right. That's right. Um, okay, so Tim, he is recovered from his Super Bowl hangover. It's good for that. Could have made for a very sad pot if that wasn't the case. Aaron, I'll send it over to you. What's been going on, man? Well, before I dive into my updates, I think we should do a fact check on this because I'm pretty sure that in our episode, I guessed correctly that the Bengals would make the Super Bowl. That they would make the Super Bowl? Yep. I didn't have them winning it, but I did say that they would make it. That, that, hadn't, that couldn't have been our last episode. That had to be, what, two or three episodes ago? Which at whenever we made the predictions, I have to fact check that. I don't know. Some your top fan out there, tweet at us. I would say fact this. Somebody us. fact check me because I'm pretty sure I did. I want to. I want to know. I want to revisit those uh, predictions too because I, I. It was, man. I, I was pretty pretty confident that week. I think I had us up, up by three or something. I think but. I had Packers Chiefs. I think in my Super Bowl, but if we had one of those fancy smancy producers like all the other fancy shows have, we could probably have them look it up real quick, but. We're not quite there yet. We're not quite there yet. But other than that, man, going well. I got a new job that I'll be getting uh, and starting here soon. Oh, we like Tim that. Also, should be or already just started a job or about to start a job. So everybody get new jobs these days, man. That's right. That's right. Good for you, man. Uh, a couple big things for myself. First of all, session is over, and it just so happens to be like the end of the championship typically falls right when my session my busy season starts so that's over that's done that's great another development i have is uh i got a pooch guys i got a dog uh, samson yes a three-year-old english bulldog a rescue his name's samson and i actually have a very funny story of something happened over the weekend <laughs> so we were up in fort wayne that's where my girlfriend's family is and we were watching her dogs and uh, she went out dress shopping with one of her friends. So it was just me and three English Bulldogs. And I let them all outside. And the other two English Bulldogs, they have a pond in their backyard. 
And the other mm-hmm. two English Bulldogs know not to go near the water. They're just not interested. They just don't go by the water. Samson, I assumed, would hang out with the other dogs, not go by the water, right, you know? So I'm sipping my coffee, watching him outside. Next thing I know, I see Samson disappear below this crest towards <laughs> the water. And the other two English Bulldogs just kind of like tilting their head like, what's this guy doing? So I kind of scramble outside. And the next thing I know, I see Samson, a 50-pound English Bulldog, paddling towards the center of this pond. And I'm like, Sam, you freaking dog. <laughs> a, English Bulldogs don't swim, and B, they don't float. <laughs> and next thing I know, his head like bobs underwater, and he comes back up, and it bobs underwater again. And I think for the first time in my life, I had parental instincts kick in. So I'm standing there, it's like 38 degrees. I have a sweatshirt and shorts on, phone in pocket, I just run in the water, man. I get to the point where, like, my feet aren't even touching. I'm literally having to swim to get this dog because he's drowning and drag him out of the pond, and he is acting like he's having the time of his life the whole time. Meanwhile, he almost freaking died. Oh, yeah. So. Boy, Samson. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why he likes water. <laughs> like, he's a magnet to this thing. And I'm like, that. it That's is, like, crazy. a known fact that English bulldogs don't swim. So, it's like. You, you don't leave them unattended near water, which I guess I should have known. And I hope the people that adopted him to me don't listen to this or I might get him taken away. But I saved him. I was watching him. And I, I was scared of everything but water. Yeah, right. Dude, I know. This dude's a great dog dad. He is a very timid dog, dog but loves everything but water. So that was that, that, those are my big updates. I got a dog. So he's the love of my life. And we're hanging out and we're best friends. So he is nervous. <laughs> Always nervous. Um, drink of the week. I got one of the granddaddies of them all from a random relationship. A spotted cow from Wisconsin. That is a whole nother story we'll get into at another date. But Aaron, what are you sipping on? So I got some scotch whiskey, Lafroig. Oh, you guys have ever heard of that, that before. Fancy. It's got a very smoky flavor. It, Kind of tastes like I'm sipping on a campfire. Hmm. All right. I dig that. I dig that. I got a 1520 Hefeweizen from Grand Junction Brewery up here in Westfield. Nice. Is that the one we went to that one time with David and Zach? Uh, no. We went to someone that was in like a really random neighborhood. No, I don't think I've taken anybody here yet. Oh, okay. Zach, if you're listening, let me know. What are you thinking of? I remember we had a very dynamic conversation about the Bible <laughs> at that Ooh. place. So anyway, all right. Well, without further ado, we've caught up. We are back like we've never left. Let's get into some uh, fantasy football. Nice. I just want the record to show. We've been live for 10 minutes, and I haven't messed up anything sound-related yet. It's been a while. So Heck yeah. Congrats. We'll just, we'll just keep it rolling, and I probably hardcore just jinxed myself. But... We had an election day. In case if you are not familiar in the This League Constitution, it calls for an election day at the end of every year. If anybody has rule proposals to alter anything in the league, and Tim, I'm going to allow you to do the honors. Uh, You can go through what was proposed, and then uh, we can go through what was adopted at the end of the day. Oh, man. Okay, so this is going to test my memory, even though it's been, what, like a week? Um we had a roster expansion by one spot proposed with a this or that 
taxi squad of two also proposed. We had a moratorium on league expansion because Zach did not want anybody joining the league. <laughs> He's very anti-expansion. He makes no uh, new friends. <laughs> <laughs> we have some uh, proposals on division switch possibilities with the Chipotle division being the weaker of the two and Qdoba just rocking it for the first two years of this league. Um, I know there was at least one more, but I'm blanking. Uh, I think that's all I got too. Okay. Oops, had this written down, but, um, yeah, that, yeah. that, that mainly went through it. So, uh, I think the biggest one that will probably have the most tangible effect, I guess you could say on, listeners of this podcast, and I guess you could say also lead members of this podcast, is that extra bench spot. Obviously, for a little bit of background, it was proposed last year and was defeated, I think, just because it was kind of thrown out at the last minute. Nobody really knew what they were doing. This year, the author, Aaron, is with us, and we were able to get that adopted with six votes. And Aaron, if you want to just briefly describe kind of your reasoning behind that um, and why you think that's beneficial to the league. Yeah, so I... With this, I was really going for the fact that uh, most dynasty leagues have at least 28 to 30 spots, if not more in certain cases. And so with our league, I think we only had like 22, 23. So having one extra one really helps to just allow flexibility to take a chance on a guy, whether it's a rookie, whether it's a veteran that maybe is under the radar, et cetera. And, uh, it just will help from that regard. And there's just a lot of instances. I think some people were feeling this past year where uh, there's just, you know, a, a need to cut people as opposed to keeping somebody that you wanted on your roster just because of injuries, et cetera. So just gives a lot more flexibility. Yeah. I was also a big supporter of that as well. I love it. Puts us more towards a, uh, a more traditional dynasty league while also, I think not really crushing the fab competition that, you know, gets a lot of press each week. I think you're going to still have those, especially at the beginning of the year, you're going to have those guys that still go for 50, 60 fab um, with this additional roster spot. So, Tim, I knew you were – initially you were a little cautious, but I've, I've you told me you recently had a change of heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, I've gone complete 180 on this one because, you know, I was like, oh, we don't need it. You know, let's keep the fab strong and everything. But – the more I thought about it, and I guess I don't know if it was just in the moment or what, but since election day, I've been like, you know what? I feel like I want, I, I was saying earlier, I want like a rule five draft. I, I want rosters expanded. You know, next year I'll probably propose another, even if it's like five, six spots, just to add some more depth to the team. Cause more and more, you know, rookies are coming in and just team, a bigger team is going to serve you uh, better in the long run. And it just kind of makes you do the, the rookie, you know, process and do a lot of research on those younger guys coming out. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Let, let's add some more next year. Okay. Slow your roll. Slow your roll. I don't know about, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. We'll see maybe if there's, there's an appetite. Um, but just to quickly wrap up the other ones, the uh, moratorium did pass. So I believe it is the 2025, 2026 season. There will be no proposal to expand this league to any more teams unless there is unanimous approval by the league. Somebody brought up, you know, what if Peyton Manning and LeBron James came up and asked to join our league? You know, that could put ten million in the pot. That put ten million in the pot. You'd still require unanimous decision. <laughs> yeah, um, exclusive of exclusive groups. And Zach would still say no. Probably. <laughs> 
Um, and actually, one I forgot that we adopted that um, we did not mention the league punishment is something Ooh. that we passed. Yep. So it's something we always, you know, kind of skirted around, beat around the bush. Yeah, it'd be funny if we did something, you know, stuff like that. Well, it's in our freaking constitution now that before the rookie draft, we must have a punishment adopted by the league that will require 80% approval um, before that. And last place would be the loser of the consolation bracket. So we wouldn't go by record or points for anything like that. If you lose the consolation bracket, your last place, you're going to go spend 24 hours in a Waffle House or whatever we decide to do or take an SAT or put a picture of the winner in a thong up in your living room. I'm just spitballing here. I'm just spitballing. Um, The division switch also was adopted. That's to make sure we try to maintain competitive balance in those divisions. And uh, the taxi squad, due to the extra bench spot, was defeated. So um, I like that idea, but I just think that might have been a big change for the league to see in such a short time. And that was your big election day stuff. So we get an extra bench spot um, and we get a punishment are kind of the highlights. I think as a listener of this podcast, you can Mm -hmm. look forward to anything else I'm missing there, gentlemen, before we start hitting into these offseason moves. No, sir. All right. All right. Well, let's dive into what has been a, let's be honest, a quite boring NFL offseason. If you, if you know what I'm saying, not not too many players are changing teams. It's been pretty boring, right? We got to get into it. Unfortunately. All right. Well, uh, obviously, we were being completely sarcastic 30 seconds ago. This NFL offseason has been just freaking nuts. Like, what is going on? Like, it seems like every single second in my mind, I got Mike Breen just in my freaking head of Adam Schefter just dropping a bomb. Um, So just from a general perspective, why is this happening? Like, what is what's going on? Is it the salary cap? Is it? Player power, like I don't, I don't know, man. I'm at a loss for words. Yeah, this is single-handedly the craziest NFL offseason I can remember in my life, and I think the Bengals have a little something to do with that. I think, you know, in everyone's mind, it was the Bungles, and the Bengals are never going to be anything good. Kind of one of those teams that's like, oh yeah, they made it to two Super Bowls, never won one. Kind of broke the mold a little bit coming in with, you know, everyone says draft Panay Sewell, don't draft Jamar Chase. And we j- the Bengals did everything against kind of what the public was saying and made it to the Super Bowl. And so now you see all these teams like the Dolphins, like the Jets, like the Broncos, they're pushing their chips in the center of the table saying, hey, we if we want to win it, we have to actually commit more and go all in for it. And so, you know, the salary cap helps all of that too, but there's a general narrative of going around. I feel like that it's anybody's league and anybody could, could go on the right hot streak at the right time and make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think the AFC is stupid. The AFC is literally turning into an off an arms race out here, which is nuts. And I'm sure we'll get into that as pretty soon, but I think what we're going to do here is uh, we're going to go team by team, division by division. Again, we are not going to touch on every little transaction that has ever happened. We'll touch on significant ones and we'll kind of dive into the major ones and kind of break down based on this league members who we think is a winner and a loser of each transaction. So the first team we are going to start with is the Miami Dolphins. And Tim, if you want to kick us off with this one, we can start diving into this stuff. 
Yeah, so the they had two running back signings of Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert to add to the depth that um, you know sneaky sneaky is going to hurt Anthony with no running backs on his team and Miles Gaskin he was relying on flexing him. Oh, good point. And so that's that's going to be a hurt point for Anthony. The big one, of course, Tyreek Hill. Three weeks ago, before it happened, nobody, I I don't think anybody would have been like, yeah, Tyreek Hill is going to be traded. He's not going to be catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be on another team. And Tyreek Hill has, with his actions, come out and said, money over everything. He got (laughs) traded and he got paid. The Chiefs got a 2022 first, second, fourth, 23 fourth and sixth rounder. Uh, the Dolphins got Tyreek Hill and then paid him four year, 120 million. That oh, god, 72 million guarantee. Like I said, he said, Money over everything. I got a ring, I- I'm good. <laughs> Pay me. Jeez. All right, so Aaron, obviously, the elephant in the room here, <laughs> as the Tyreek Hill owner, um, I would be obliged to say. That if we're picking winners and losers here, let Russ Cook has to be considered a loser. Do you share my sympathies? <laughs> I absolutely do. Oh. Um, this this hurts even more than Devontae Adams, which we'll we'll get into uh, you know later on down the list. But I mean, he's got Tua throwing him the ball now, <laughs> and I think nothing can describe my feelings better. In that video that Tim sent <laughs> in our this league chat of the third baseman or shortstop just drilling an umpire <laughs> instead of throwing it to first. The, the um, day that trade happened, Twitter was popping off. It was so like, funny. An awful throw here. Oh, he's not even close. It's like, yeah, I feel just your happy. voice of just he's got Tua. <laughs> hey, maybe Teddy Two Gloves. And, oh, man. yeah, there's just a lot of sadness with it. Um, man, I, I honestly, outside of four-yard slants, what routes can he run that Tua can get him the ball? I just – I'm pissed. Uh, I think he's going to be, honestly, like a mid- to low-end wide receiver, too, when it's all said and done. He may have Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he may have some pop weeks where he is a no wide receiver way. one, but – I'm I, not. I think 15 to 20. Why is he 15 to 20? I, I said low end one, high end two. I don't think you can put him down at the 20s. And more I, so I'm than I know we say. Back to pass. Tyreek's <laughs> wide open down the field. And oh, it's just 10 yards short. No, I know we close. say this about every like semi explosive wide receiver, but like there is literally no wide receiver I'd rather have on a four yard slant that could take it to the house than Tyreek Hill. So, I mean, if you know, if Odell Beckham was doing that with. Daniel Jones and Eli Manning's of the world. You know, I feel like, you know, uh, Tyreek Hill definitely has the potential. And I'm not saying he's going to be a top five wide receiver anymore. But, you know, I think downgrading him to a low-end wide receiver, too, is a little much. And you and you can see why the Chiefs did it, too, because he's 28 going on 29. The first thing that goes in the NFL is your speed and it being a speed-reliant receiver. Like, he's still, you know, electric with the ball in his hands. And I don't think that drop-offs usually until about 31 or 32 for most NFL receivers. So he's got a couple more years of, like, elite athleticism there. But, you know, just the dolphin fit right now doesn't look that 
not as sexy as Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball. And of course, you got Jalen Waddle on the other side of the ball. He is much better than a Byron Pringle, Nicole Hardman. So uh, I think the winner of this trade, though, and this will actually segue us into a little mini this league trade ring because there was the single trade that has happened so far this offseason right after the Tyreek Hill news broke. Hayden was like, gimme, gimme, yummy, yummy, Tua Tua because he (laughs) sent a 2022 second rounder, which is actually the 206 this year, and a 2022 third rounder, which is the 301 this year, to get Tua from Kyle Stretch. So again, Stretch gets the 206 and 301 this year, and Hayden gets Tua. Now, of course, Hayden also has Patrick Mahomes, while Kyle is usually rocking Kyler Murray in his starting spot. So I don't know if Tua gets into either of these lineups, but any quick thoughts on that trade? Winners, losers? I, I didn't get it from Hayden's perspective. I didn't really understand. Yep. why. Are you, I mean, I guess you're just trying to get upside on your backup quarterback. I, I, don't, I don't really know. I mean, Mahomes is going to be in his lineup for – every single a week decade. of the season other, yeah. than, other than one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I just, I think stretch clearly won. Yeah. yeah and, I, I agree. I mean, when you look at Hayden's team build, I think he needs those picks more than usual. So I don't know. I, I don't, I'm kind of lost there too. Um, but I guess he really likes his Tua, 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 yummy, yummy. So um, real quick on the running back, who's the starting running back in Miami right now? Moster when healthy. I think Edmonds, based on amount paid. I think Mostert's the first, second down guy, and then it's going to be really nasty after that. <laughs> so we don't have to dive into that much more. All right. Um, of the AFC East teams, the Dolphins were the most obviously active because we're now going to jump to the Patriots where their only major notable move, which actually happened, I think, this past weekend, was wide receiver Devontae Parker moving in division, going from Miami to the Patriots in exchange for a 2022 fifth-round pick and a, excuse me, 2023 third-rounder. As the owner of Devontae Parker over here at Team Fairlife, I am loving this move, not so much because I think it just elevates Devontae Parker to another level, but more so you're getting out from behind the Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill conundrum. I was thinking Devontae Parker is going to be a max pop high-end wide receiver three sometimes. I was thinking that's maybe like his peak. Now I can see maybe some consistent low-end wide receiver two production from him. I think he's the number one receiver in New England now. Um, I think he's a better Jacoby Myers. I think he's better than Kendrick Bourne and the tight ends they got there. So um, I think you give an also a nice little underrated toy to to Mac Jones. I was listening to a podcast this morning, and they kind of thought if you're in the Patriots, who are you going to get in the fifth round pick in the fifth round this year? Who's better than Devontae Parker? It's proven Devontae Parker, probably nobody. So I think it's pretty good on them giving Mac Jones some toys. Um, I like it from from my perspective. I think I think I'm the the winner here. I don't know if you can really consider any losers. The winners might be honestly Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. <laughs> Yeah, just clearing up that wide receiver core there. But, yeah, um, Mac Jones, three drop back Mac, the <laughs> Buffalo Bills game. Man, like, I don't know. It's You can say Parker's a winner for getting out of there, but I don't think he's got any upside personally. I was just doing some quick looking here. 
Guess how many years he's been in the league? Seven full years. Guess how many are above wide receiver four level? Above wide receiver four. So yep, he had that year. He was popping off with Fitz Magic. He was like, I think he finishes like the wide receiver twelve or something. I would guess two. He's only had one wow. year above wide receiver four. And that was the year he finished 11th with yeah. its magic. So I, I just, I don't really see the, the upside necessarily. I, you know, it, it's clear he might, you might be able to flex him, but I don't think he's all of a sudden going to challenge to be a, you know, a, a guy you're going to rely on to take you to the championship. Sure. A break the glass kind of option. I don't mind that. I've had a pretty rough off season as we'll probably see as we continue on. So Devontae Parker to the Patriots. Um, when you look at the rest of the AFC East, though, the Buffalo Bills, uh, they still have their quarterback in Josh Allen. They still have their running back in Josh Allen. Um, and Stephon Diggs and Jamison Crowder and Gabe, Gabe Davis. That playoff game, I'm just saying, four tutties. He happens to be he's on my be, roster. He's, he's not. He's going to be a nobody. <laughs> Shut up, He's going to be a you're nobody. nobody. <laughs> you're a nobody. You're, you're right. <laughs> you know what? You're right. <laughs> I'm not denying it. So no major moves for the Bills unless you want to count them releasing Cole Beasley and signing Jameson Crowder. Uh, when you look at the New York Jets, I really don't know. Have they done anything? They paid the – there's a safety. One, I feel like they paid one of the safeties. I. But also it's the Jets, so who cares? Yeah. Uzama. <laughs> Uzama. Oh, yeah. Uzama. Uzama. <laughs> Three years, $24 million, and they also signed Howard Conklin. What yeah, the hell are you doing, Jets? Cornering the market Ew. on average tight ends. Yeah, Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzama. That's that's exciting offseason. Way to go, New York. All right, that's we're gonna so nasty. <laughs> we're going to jump up to the AFC North, which I think is the second best division in football right now. Am I wrong? To who? AFC West, bro. Uh. West is first. I'll AFC fight you West on that. Sure. Yeah, AFC yeah, West. No, no, I, I won't put up much of a fight. I think you're right. It, it slipped my mind, but the North is definitely. I think number two. I think North is two. And we will start with your defending AFC champions, who day? Cincinnati Bengals, Hooray. besides Hayden Hurst, who is the only person you could possibly put into your actual lineup. By the demands of Tim Raider, I'm going to allow him to talk about the wall that was built in Cincinnati and the potential impact that might have on the skill players. The great wall of Cincinnati has gone up. That was our Achilles heel all year long, right? Short and sweet. We upgrade center, Ted Karras, right guard, Alex Kappa, right tackle, Lyle Collins. Those are three glass eaters, as Frank Pollock would put it. And I think offensive line is still in play at pick 31 this year. I would love to see Zion Johnson or maybe Tyler Linderbaum. We're protecting Joe Burrow. Burrow's going to take his sacks. He likes to extend plays. He's always going to be up in the 30s or 40s maybe over the year. But 70 this past year, 70 sacks he took. That's It was rough to watch. So, yeah, we, we built that wall, and it, it's going to continue to fortify, not only for Burrow, but Mixon. This is going to be – the strongest offensive line Joe Mixon has ever ran behind. And he's at the peak of his career in terms of age and abilities. So I think it could be a, a top five running back here for Joe Mixon. 
You have who's on the left side? You have Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase, right, Tim? Yes, sir. Gotcha. Yeah, left side we got Jonah Williams, and right now they're rocking Jackson Carmen at left guard. But last year we had uh, so four weak spots. Quentin Spain was serviceable, so I mean, yeah, three and a half. But now I think left guard is one. It's a lot easier to mask one weak link than it is to mask three on your offensive line. I'll tell you what, Tim, as a as a Colts fan, I am so happy for Joe Burrow. I am so happy for him that he doesn't have <laughs> please, to retire when be, he's 29. <laughs> please don't be Andrew Luck 2.0. Please don't be Andrew Luck. Have a prosperous career, Joe, with your nice offensive line. Go get him. Yeah, I, I've, I've said my fair share of, uh, of crap. I've thrown my fair share of crap towards Mike Brown and the Bengals front office normal way of doing things. But the past two years, they've really shifted around and you know, all the fans are loving it. The players are loving it. it. It's a new organization, and that's coming about. There you go. And, of course, uh, Clayton McLean and the Red Rocket has also entered the chat as the owner of Joe Burrow. He will probably like to see that protection that will allow his quarterback to thrive well into the future. And we will move on to the next team in the AFC North, and that is the Cleveland Browns. And, uh, obviously, as I'm sure you've heard this on all fantasy football podcast that you listen to or may not listen to but we are a fans football podcast so we're going to talk about it and potentially leave all this stuff to the side but they did sign Deshaun Watson despite his various off the field issues that are still going on um but they acquired him in a trade from the Texans uh for a what is it three first round picks a third round pick in 2023 two fourth rounders and Watson will receive a guaranteed five-year, $230 million contract. Um, I don't think Deshaun Watson plays over 12 games this year. If he even plays no this way. year, we'll see. But um, again, from a from strictly a football standpoint, we'll get into his new toy here in just a second. But you got to think just for every weapon in Cleveland, this is a good thing. If he is still the Deshaun Watson from two years ago, the last time we've seen him. Yeah. A couple quick thoughts on this. The first one is I think it's just such a shame that the whole QB market got basically retargeted on the back of this. And I, you've seen uh, who was it? The Ravens owner came out with some strong words about it because Lamar Jackson's up for a contract. So just sets a really bad precedent going forward. Um, And then, the other thing to note here is exactly what Chris was mentioning. Uh, the fact that he probably won't play much at all this year. And the really sneaky sly thing that the Browns did was that Deshaun's contract's only a million dollars this year. That dirty, that to, dirty, I dirty think that's Browns. the big thing. That's like, yeah, what a business. Like, yeah, come on, what a, Boo, you come on, Cleveland. <laughs> so only, he only counts one mil against the cap. He's still going to get all that money, even if he doesn't play this year. I bet the NFL addresses that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we still have to let legal proceedings work themselves out before we truly judge anything. But, like, it it, it looks bad on Cleveland's front. You know, I know they're desperate for a quarterback or whatever, but, like, it just looks bad. And not just Cleveland. And, you know, the, the Falcons wanted him. The Saints wanted him. Anybody who would have picked up Deshaun, it would have been a bad look, but then to give him this contract structure structured the way it is, that's just a double whammy on the negative for the Browns. Absolutely. Lots of thoughts on that. Good, good perspective on that. We will touch on his newest toy. If he does play in a Browns uniform in, um, Amari Cooper 
acquired in a trade from the Dallas Cowboys for a 2022 fifth-round pick? Is that all it takes now to get, like, an above-average wide receiver? I thought that was, like, criminally low. But, um... Barely! (laughs) Um, So he goes in. Jarvis Landry comes out. So, uh, obviously, he is probably going to be the de facto number one in this offense. And you, if you are a number one wide receiver for Deshaun Watson, you're probably going to be in a pretty good spot. So that leaves Stretch, you have to think, is the big winner coming out of this Amari Cooper acquisition. This is huge for Stretch, honestly. I think uh, I was pretty nervous for Stretch this offseason just because year one he rode the back of Kamara and Kyler Murray and I think this year sort of showed that they are actually human and that they came down to earth a little bit. So he needed some help as far as firepower. And I think this is a major upgrade. Yeah. You you hate that Cleveland will play in a lot of more bad weather games, but uh, Deshaun's such a talent and he's going to get Amari the ball. Is, is, is Deshaun the best quarterback Amari's ever played with? Yes. Yeah. Well, assuming that he gets to play with Deshaun. Yeah, if he gets yeah. <laughs> Right. I was going to say, my, my point was going to be, even if Watson does get suspended for the year, Cooper's going to be a target hog, right? Like, we're PPR. He might not be averaging 100 yards a game, but he's going to be averaging seven, eight, nine targets a game. So the, the PPR levels will offset that, even if it's not Deshaun this year throwing him the ball. I think that's a good that's a good point. That's a good point. So congrats to you, Sir Stretch. You still suck, but hey, at least your wide receiver got a little bit of an upgrade. So good for you. The next team that we are going to also, I wanted to put on the watch, hashtag eyeball emoji. We haven't had one of those in a second. But Dearness Johnson, he's still out there, still in the backfield with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. He needs to get an opportunity somewhere. And I think he would be really good. So that is your that is your hashtag eye emoji from me today. We need a drop for that. Uh, we will go on to the next team in the AFC North. Of course, we were talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, owned and repped by our own Hayden Westfall. And their big signing, they got their guy. They got their franchise. And yes, I'm talking about a two-year, $14 million deal for Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, former Chicago Bears quarterback, then Buffalo Bills backup quarterback. I am really interested to hear what you guys have to think about this because we're going to spend some time on it, not because of Mitchell Trubisky's fantasy value, but because of the weapons around him. I have heard on the spectrum that, hey, he is as as good as your average quarterback and the weapons are going to be just fine. Or I've heard that you guys do know that he is Mitchell Trubisky. You remember him. He wasn't great and it should be panicking in, in Pittsburgh. So, Aaron, as both owners of Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris, how do we feel about Mitchell Trubisky kind of leading the Steelers offense going forward? Yeah, so I think in Deontay's case, I like the move. Um, I think that they're going to set up the offense in a way where Trubisky's going to get those hot routes right to Deontay. He's going to be the main target hog on the team. And I think Deontay, regardless of who the quarterback is, is going to get his just based off of how talented that he is. Yes, he had some problems with catching the ball in previous years, but I think those are largely behind him. Uh, When it comes to Najee, 
I think it definitely helps to have a serviceable quarterback who can actually, you know, stretch the field a little bit. I think Trubisky's better than people probably think because he was in a bad situation in Chicago. I'm not saying he's great, but I think he's going to be serviceable. But that line still sucks. It really hasn't gotten better. Um, and I'm really hoping that they do still do a lot of checkdowns because that's honestly where Najee had his bread and butter with Ben Roethlisberger. So I'm a little more nervous about Najee. I'm not going to lie. But Deontay, I think, will be fine. Do you feel more or less confident with Mitchell Drabisky in your weapons versus Ben Roethlisberger if he would have came back for another year? See, I think it's tough because I think with Mitch, Deontay gets better. And with Ben, Najee was better. So it's really tough. Um, honestly, I think I'd prefer Ben just because you know you're going to get that check down stuff to Najee. And running back when you have good weeks at that position, just because of how shallow the position is week over week, I think that's the better advantage. So probably would prefer Ben, but, you know, I get better in some areas with Mitch. So, yeah. All right. So you just heard the perspective of the hopeful guy with the Steelers weapons, Tim. As a outsider with no Steelers weapons on your team and as a Steelers hater, quite frankly, as the Bengals fan, are you happy or sad with Mitchell Trubisky now at one of your biggest rivals? I love having to play him twice a year. <laughs> I mean, it's Mitchell Trubisky we're talking about here. There it is. I'll, I'll get out real fast. I think Deontay and I think Najee are fine. I don't think it really has that big of an impact one way or the other. But we, you can't forget that Mitchell Trubisky, yeah, he was in a bad situation, but there's there's four years of tape and data that just shows that he's just not that great. And how many quarterbacks break out at age 28 after they've been in the league for five years? Touché. Can you name one? Like, I'm genuinely trying to think. I, I think Alex we're going to learn a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to learn a lot from their draft process because at – I think they're, they're what, like pick 20-something or 16? Yeah. I don't know. They're somewhere in there, somewhere in the middle. They're either going to take Kenny Pickett or the, the top quarterback left and really going to show that they're not in Trubisky, or it'll be, you know, a defensive player and they're, they're all in on Trubisky. And I just – I don't know exactly what to expect. I think we'll find out a little bit more after the draft. That's a good point. That's definitely something to watch. Um, we will go to – the final AFC North team, the Baltimore Ravens. And of course, they are bringing in their new running backs, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Oh, wait, they just didn't play last year? Oh, the entire running back for the Ravens were busted last year? Aaron, how do we feel about that? <laughs> I feel spectacular, I think. <laughs> J.K., from all reports, everything that I'm seeing, um, Hopefully he's going to be okay for the start of week one. I think uh, getting back for training camp is a little up in the air for him, unfortunately. Um, maybe had some setbacks in recovery, but JK is such an awesome dude. Uh, DaCosta, the GM, I think he literally is next door neighbors to him that I saw a report saying how like he was at his house all the time. Like he just is in the right mindset. And I think uh, he's going to pop off if he gets the opportunity. So I'm loving it. There you go. Could add more firepower to the defending champion. Other than that, I don't really think the Ravens had any major signings. Am I missing anything there? 
No, nah, the the Ravens are the saltiest group on Twitter. I mean, <laughs> their fans are. They 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 were in the running for you know Bobby Wagner, and then who was the defensive end that was going to come back and play for them? But then actually said, "Psych, just kidding. I want to go take less money and play for the Cowboys or something." Do you remember who that was? Zadarius Smith. Oh yeah, yeah. Zadarius Smith, so, and he, he signed they, with the Vikings. Yeah, he went to the Vikings. Okay, yeah, yeah, they've been the Ravens have been getting spurned. These free agents keep coming in for visits, saying, "Yeah, I love the Ravens." They have not gotten a single one of them yet. It's hilarious. To probably watch that freaking as a, as a Bengals fan. It's probably that freaking sand practice field that they practice on. Have you guys seen that? It is it's, nasty. Yeah. <laughs> no like wonder it. why your running backs were freaking tearing their ACLs over the place. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that is your AFC North. We got two divisions, and then we'll wrap up and we'll do the NFC in our next show. But we will go to the AFC South, and of course, you know, I got to start with Colt. Go Colts. Our Indianapolis Colts. We're going to keep the party going here. And, of course, we get rid of Carson Wentz. We talk to it. And we bring Thank in you. Matt Ryan, acquired in a trade with the Atlanta Falcons in exchange for a third-round pick. Let's go. That is an upgrade for sure. And let me know if I'm just being biased, if my excitement's getting out of the way. But I think a big winner here is Michael Pittman Jr. I do. Um, you got to get a guy that's at more accurate. Michael Pittman Jr. was in the top five in catch percentage. He doesn't drop balls. And you, all you have to do is get the freaking ball to him. His separation's great. And I think Matt Ryan is a lot better at that than Carson Wentz was. You saw Carson Wentz just sailing Michael Pittman at least twice a game. I'm not even kidding. So I think he's a big winner here. Um, Tim, I'll send it over to you with this Matt Ryan news. Jonathan Taylor, upgrade, downgrade. Oh, I think Jonathan Taylor's, you know, still maybe the best running back in the NFL. Cold, so, go Colts. Uh, yeah, not not super worried about him. I think I think you're right. I think Michael Pittman is, a, is an upgrade over Carson Wentz, and you know, as a non as a Colts, you know, Indy native, not a Colts fan, but I follow them. I think it was it, it was the right move. I've been saying that I think it puts them as the favorite in the AFC South. I don't know. I was just looking. I think I would maybe rank them ninth. In the AFC, I know Still, like said, AFC stupid. It's a slugfest. So hey, we yes, just got to make helps. the playoffs, baby. Exactly. Anything can make help. The playoffs, Anything can happen. Make the playoffs and then get hot. You know, in a cold weather, run Jonathan Taylor. Like it's possible that you guys could still make some noise, but like it, it's it doesn't. You still need something long term, right? Like ever since you, you had Manning, you went to Luck, things were awesome, and then now it's you're still looking for that like that decade center. Okay, you know? okay, stop bringing down the party. <laughs> <laughs> for fantasy this year, it, it's an upgrade across the board for Colts players, in my opinion. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and the only other other piece of Colts news. Uh, I don't know if that was a boom or I don't know if that was Gigantor's freaking footsteps because he's staying in Indy. Resigned a three-year, $18 million contract. Mo Alley Cox, which, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in our in our rookie draft this year. I'm just saying. Jack Doyle's gone. You got uh, what's his, what's our rookie tight end last year? Ryan Granson, I think he's coming he into his on a team. He's he's coming into his second year, so I mean, hey, if they don't address that position, you could be looking at a Mo Ali Cox little uh, snap and percentage increase. You know, you never know. You never know. A lot of touchdown upside. Matt Ryan likes his tight ends too. Hayden Hurst, Kyle Pitts. We'll see. Um, all right, so that's enough for the Colts. We will go on to the Tennessee Titans. 
and they've had some big wide receiver news. Of course, we will start with the release of Julio Jones. I thought this was kind of not harsh, but Julio just wasn't healthy last year, and I don't. I guess that's the Titans saying that they're just impatient with him now. I feel like he nah. still has some stuff to offer. I don't know. That's just me. I don't. He's washed. He's done. I mean, I'm glad I traded him when I did. <laughs> yeah, I think he's. I think as far as uh, from a fantasy perspective, exactly, I mean, exactly. As far as an NFL player, I think he still has contributions. But as far as a fantasy, there's just no. There's no way he's done. Yeah, yeah. And there could be evidence of that by the fact that he hasn't yet to be picked up by an NFL team. Uh, and of course, we can't go any further without mentioning the goat, the man himself, Bobby, 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 Bobby Trees. Robert Woods is now the new and improved Julio Jones 2.0 in Tennessee. He will now line up opposite of AJ Brown. And don't get me wrong, I am the biggest Bobby Trees fan. He is on my team, he is on my roster. I think this is a downgrade. <laughs> I think this is a loss for me, and I'm crying just thinking about it. But uh, at the end of the day, he's 30. He's coming off a torn ACL, and he goes from Matthew Stafford to Ryan Tannehill in a run-first offense. Yeah. yeah. So not not looking good for you, especially because Tannehill, uh, with the Titans at least, has shown that he can't really carry a second receiver it's aj brown and then that's it even though i will say i think this is the best wide receiver two tana hills had since his time in tennessee so we'll see i don't know that's just me trying to be hopeful but uh so that i would say is a downgrade for myself i feel like if we're keeping tally i might be in the lead here but we'll see um no other notable tennessee titans news there i don't think obviously you have derrick henry coming back so that's big Let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, the biggest winner of this deal (laughs) is uh, what's his name, Tim? Uh, The biggest winner for the Jacksonville Jaguars offseason is (laughs) Zeke Sandu. And that would be per the Internet. That is Christian Kirk's agent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Because Christian Kirk got paid oh my four years for what 72 million (laughs) he's 26 years old he's never caught more than 80 passes in a year and has never topped a thousand yards in a year that's unbelievable (laughs) go zeke apparently the jaguars too like right when free agency was starting like within minutes had this offer like on the table. They like just you were know they obsessed were, over him. You know they were bidding against themselves too. I'm sure Christian Kirk was like, well, I've got better offers. They're like 10 more million guaranteed. Let's go. No, Christian, please don't. <laughs> like, like this doesn't move the needle for Trevor Lawrence for me at all. Me neither. Like it's it's whatever. It's completely just flatline. There's no improvement to Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion. Real quick, fun fact. Do you guys know that since I believe like 2012, something like this, it's off of the footballers podcast. They said this fact that the Jaguars have had the most money signed to free agents. It's like close to 200 million. Yeah. Oh, easily. I I believe that they're paying everybody. You gotta, you gotta pay a tax to make somebody come play for the Jaguars and the least amount of wins. 
<laughs> That's how you run a franchise. That's unbelievable. I will say real quick. So we had was it Stretch that relied on a uh, Christian Kirk quite a bit mm-hmm. last year? Steven, right? Or is it Steven? I'm sorry. It's one of them. Yeah, yes. he he was he was part of the uh the debacle we had with the AJ Dillon trade and everything. It was Christian Kirk on the other end not getting him enough points. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, from his standpoint, I also think it's kind of a lateral move for Christian Kirk. I mean, you go from being the two, maybe the three in Arizona to the one in Jacksonville. Yeah, arguably the one. Yeah, that's that's kind of a lateral move for me. Uh, I guess for Trevor Lawrence here as well. I mean, not only do you get Christian Kirk, but you also got Evan Ingram. You get Travis Etienne back. Zay so, Jones. That's who the other one was. Like, I know they signed yeah, another person they paid for Zay Jones too much money. money <laughs> too much money. So uh, I even feel like for Trevor Lawrence, it's like, hey, we spend all this money on weapons. Uh, for nothing. Yeah, for not. <laughs> really much so Aaron I can't imagine that makes you too happy no <laughs> there you go no. as the Trevor Lawrence owner okay that's right you got, you still got some more years out of rest and then uh, of course you have the Houston Texans they signed and I just realized I don't have the return of the Mac drop anymore no <laughs> they signed Marlon Mack that's cool um also, They're still an NFL team. Yeah, I know. Also, uh, hashtag free Brandon Cooks. So that's all I'll say about the Texans. <laughs> so anything else on the AFC South before we move into the best division in football? Now we're chomping at the bit. Let's right. go to the West. Let's yeah. go. The AFC West where the arms race is happening. We will first start with the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is probably the only team in the AFC West where we're going to be talking about what they lost versus what they have added. They have added Ronald Jones on a one-year deal, which I think can be sneaky good. I think that's definitely an upgrade for Hayden. Uh, Ronald Jones is on his team. But obviously, when you look at the Chiefs, you have to talk about the loss of Tyreek Hill and the additions of both Juju Smith-Schuster on a one-year $10 million prove-it deal and Marquez Valdez-Scantling on a three-year, $30 million deal. Obviously, uh, Don owning Juju Smith-Schuster and myself, and Team Fairlife owning Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So, Aaron, you see these two guys. Who would you say, because, I mean, before Tyreek Hill left, it's who's going to be playing behind Tyreek Hill. Now it's who's the guy? Who's going to be playing? I don't, yeah, right? I I don't know. Help me break this down. Should I be happy as an MVS owner? I think you should be. Um, first of all, MVS has some youth on his side. I think he's only like 25 years old, I want to say. Um, I know Juju also has youth as well, so that's kind Quick of Quick fact a, check. A he point. is He's 27 going on 28. Uh, okay. He's a little older than I thought. Okay. A little Never bit mind. Still you. Still young, yeah. Still young enough in the receiver spectrum, I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would think MVS is the guy to own here. I think uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to need the field stretcher to replace Tyreek. And I think that Kelsey is going to still get the over-the-middle stuff. So I think that'll shade over Juju, what he would bring to the table, because I think Juju is kind of that guy that's the intermediate routes, uh, not going to get – you know, not going to push the field super much. So, um, 
yeah, I think it's MVS. And as far as like his impact, like what he will be, I kind of think he's like a boomer bust, maybe wide receiver three mid tier, something like that. So. Yeah, I can't see either of these guys pushing wide receiver one. Uh, maybe both mid tier wide receiver twos because you have Patrick Mahomes at the end of the day, so he's gonna be supplying people. It's just who at this point. So uh, at the end of the day, I think we can all agree though, it's a win for MVS. It's a win for Juju. Just maybe not as big of a win it's, as we would want. It's it's definitely definitely a win for MVS, I think. And then you know Juju's he's going to be on the sideline with Jackson Mahomes the whole game. So like <sighs> we'll even see if he gets on the if field. If you guys at all. haven't done it yet, I just want you to go on TikTok, Tim. Download TikTok and no. just and just go to Jackson Mahomes page. It's it's worse than you think it is. Like it's I think even I would like it's even worse than you out. think. Like I got on there, I was like, okay, this guy's obviously like been bullied by the internet. What's going on? I got on there and I was like, I want to bully him. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh. It is so, so cringy. So congrats to Juju. You guys can now be TikTok pals. All right. Your best friend. Let's move on to what I would consider the move of the offseason. I think the move that has had the most impact. And of course, I'm talking about Melvin Gordon still staying in Denver. I'm just kidding. No. That <laughs> has yet to be confirmed. But uh, no, in reality, I'm talking about Russell Wilson, the migration of elite NFC quarterbacks moving to the AFC continues. Russell Wilson switching the neon green Seattle for the neon orange of Denver. He signs there, traded there, still has two years left of a very team-friendly deal. I think he's only costing him like 25 mil a year or something like that. So, um, Tim, I'll let you kind of start us out here. There are a lot of facets to talk about. But first, let's just talk about Russell Wilson himself. You know, he goes on, he moves from a team that had really good weapons to a team that has really good weapons. So, when you compare those, is this a win? Mm -hmm. Is this a loss for him? A lateral move? What do we think? First of all, I want to know, Zach, did you just have a mini heart attack when you said that Melvin Gordon was staying? Because <laughs> when, when that inevitably happens, that will oh make gosh. Zach very mad. I'm going to be so happy. <laughs> I know. But Russell Wilson, this is a huge upgrade for him personally, in my opinion. Huge. Okay. Like, you go Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, they're more proven than Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, the group that the Broncos have. But I think that those guys are just as skilled, but, you know, they had Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke. They didn't have the guy that could really open them up with throws. Coupled with the fact the Broncos' offensive line is at least two to three times better than the Seahawks. That's true. The, the Seahawks' offensive line was in shambles. And, you know, Warren Sharp had a good offensive line tweet today where he was showing the ability of every, every team to draft and, and develop an offensive line. Seahawks were like bottom four Broncos are up there. I mean, they got a solid line. They got the big belly from last year. They got Garrett Bowles. Like they got some dudes on the offensive line. So Russ shouldn't have to be running around as much. And he might actually be able to sit back and throw these guys open. I would have, if I was Aaron, the, the cherry on top would have been them not trading Noah Fant in the deal because Noah Fant, I think it still has huge upside as a tight end electric playmaker that would have been huge as kind of that second, third option in Denver, but now he's gone. So I know they've got another guy they like. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. It's like Albert O. Albert O, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so 
they, they still got a guy they like, but like overall, this is a huge upgrade in my opinion for Russ, especially at the end of his career. Yeah, I could certainly see that. Um, and of course, we'll get into the Seattle weapons the next time we we discuss the NFC teams. But um, Aaron, will as the owner of Russell Wilson, just real quick, yes or no? Is this an upgrade for Russell Wilson? Absolutely, and uh, I really wish that he was on the Broncos sooner because had he been with our draft we had the previous year, I would have chose Javante over Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> oh no, you won a title. Oh no, instead. <laughs> oh, oh. No. okay. Okay, oh, well, no. uh, I know this certainly has to pique the interest of Stretch as the Jerry Judy owner. Uh, he also owns, who owns Cortland Sutton now? Is that Stretch? That would be Hayden. Hayden has Cortland Sutton. Okay. So, and, and Tim Patrick. And okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so you think this is just you think this is like a, a an upgrade to each of them like equally? Like did they all each equally have an up the same upgrade, or is one gonna benefit or the other? I think the order of it will be Cortland Sutton, then Judy, then Tim Patrick. Um, I think that Cortland Sutton, in my opinion, is the better overall receiver at this point i think jerry judy still has some development to go he's a great route runner but i think just like from a physicality standpoint beating people off the line getting separation i think uh courtland sutton still tops him so does this mean hayden now has a wide receiver core of cooper cup courtland sutton and jalen waddle it's pretty hot decent not bad not bad one piece away baby all right, um, and of course, we are all still anxiously waiting on that Melvin Gordon news. Two more teams before we wrap it up this time. We have the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, <laughs> I will I will again send it. You know, I'm not going to send it over to Aaron because I don't know if he can compose himself. So I'll give this one to Tim. Las Vegas Raiders, Devontae Adams. They got him from the Green Bay Packers in exchange for a 2022 first-round pick and a 2022 second-round pick. Devontae Adams' contract worth over $141 million over five years. Tim, Devontae Adams, undisputed wide receiver three, or at least a undisputed wide top three wide receiver the past two, three seasons. Is that still the case? A hundred percent yes, in my opinion. Oh, a hundred percent yes. I feel strongly about this one. All and right. Aaron, music to Aaron's ears, right? So you got to remember the Raiders were a playoff team last year. They played the Bengals really tough. Derek Carr was throwing it to Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. And then Zay Jones, Brian Edwards, Chris. But, you know, anyway. <laughs> Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Fresno State together, played at college, lit it up. I think Derek Carr is going to come in this year and target Devontae Adams 250 times. He is going to force feed this man the ball. Come hell or high water, I think Devontae Adams is still a top three receiver at the end of the year. They, he, I mean, him and Darren Waller, Ren, Renfro's a good slot guy, but I mean, like, this, this is a clear situation where they were like, Hey, Derek Carr, this is your last chance to kind of prove that you're the quarterback. We got your guy. And Adams obviously wanted to go there as well. They have good chemistry. I, I'm dead serious. Like like 200 targets at least coming his way. 
Okay, Aaron, so I don't agree with that synopsis. I want to know where you stand as the Devontae Adams owner. Yeah, so I'm less disappointed in this than I was with the Tyreek Hill trade, obviously. Um, I think uh, there's just a lot of mouths to feed, uh, just especially like when you also consider the run game as well. Josh Jacobs, I think they're going to tote the rock, get him his as far as touches per game while they still have him. Um, yeah, I, I'm probably going to be in the middle of where you'll be at as far as disagreeing and where Tim is uh, really on board. I still think Devontae finishes the year uh, as a wide receiver one, but I think it's going to be more so like, you know, uh, nine to 12 uh, just because – I just don't think the chemistry is the biggest thing that Rodgers and Adams had. And even though they played in college together, I just don't think Derek Carr and, and Devontae can have that same type of chemistry. Yeah, and I have two main reasons why. I agree with you. I think he's still a wide receiver one. I don't think he's a undisputed top three anymore. I don't think he's undisputed top five. I think he's going to be more in the 10-12 range because, one, you have way better talent around you now. Darren Waller, as some from Tim's perspective, I guess, um, and Hunter Renfro are better than Alan Lazard and Robert Tunyon. So I think, you know, Derek Carr is not going to be stupid and just completely, you know, ignore those guys like Aaron Rodgers did to other people. And number two, Derek Carr is not Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. Like, we all can agree that Derek Carr over the past couple years has really kind of solidified himself as an above-average quarterback. He's good. But he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to be making those old over shoulder, over the shoulder throws that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams just became masters at. He's not going to be able to fit it into these tight holes. That's what she said. Like Aaron Rodgers did with Derek Carr. So I that's why I think he's still wide receiver one, but his elite status is is gone in my opinion. I'm I'm taking Cooper Cup over him. I'm taking uh Jamar Chase over him. This is redraft. I'm taking Justin Jefferson over him. I'm taking a lot of guys over him now that I wouldn't have before the Raiders. Yeah, I, I just think it, it's all going to come down to volume, 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 volume. I I think he's still going to get his at least at least this year. Like I said, this is I think the Raiders said Derek Carr, it's your last year, go for it, and he's going to be like Devontae Adams, help me, please be my best friend again. Who's yeah, I think so. Target, I think target, so. target, target. I think we can all agree that Darren Waller stays a top five tight end. I mean, in the top in the tight end landscape, he's yeah he's top five guy. What does this do to Hunter Renfro? And Zach has entered the chat here. What does this do with Hunter Renfro? Well, my answer is real quick because I'm saying volume, volume, volume for Devonte. Renfro was getting that last year. He was. He was, he was. getting the wide receiver targets because he was the only one getting open. I think that's cut down by at least twenty five percent. I think he he's going to be a guy you're going to flex at the end of the year. But at the end of this past season, Renfro was creeping up to being like a wide receiver one two range. Like he was in PPR, he was getting so many catches. He finished the year as the wide receiver gonna... thirteen. Is that what he finished? Yeah, as or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think he's going to have a fallback down to kind of the twenty twenty five range. I think he's still got a little bit of upside, but it, it definitely hurts him in my eyes because I think Adams is getting it. Yeah, I think it'll hurt Renfro. Uh, I think without Adams in the picture, you're probably looking at a really strong wide receiver too. 
And now I think you're probably looking at like a low end wide receiver too. Yep. Yeah. I'd agree strong in wide receiver three. So Zach can't be too happy about that. Brian Edwards still in the mix. <laughs> Send him to the moon. <laughs> we should we should do a prop bet of how many times that Brian Edwards will be on Chris's roster periodically. <laughs> Over under three and a half cuts in ads. Hey, hey, you know who sucked until his fourth or fifth year in the league? Devontae Adams. That's who. He was trash his first three, four years. All right, move on. Garbage. You can't compare those two. Move on to the next. All right, fine. Last team of the day, Los Angeles Chargers. No major new pieces for them. We will briefly touch on. He was one of the main uh, kind of stalwarts to see where he would go and the ripple effects he would cause. But uh, Mike Williams decides to stay in L.A. with the young, hot hunk Justin Herbert. Three years, $70 million. Ooh. I think 70 is a little high for a guy who had yeah. his first good year. But, hey, who am I? I'm not a, I'm not a GM. But Mike Williams stays there. Um, as the Josh Palmer owner, I was hoping that maybe Mike Williams moving on, that'd be the Josh Palmer show, but fortunately that is not the case. Also as a Keenan Allen owner, doesn't really change much there as well. So I guess you could say the winner of this is Mike Williams himself. I mean, where are you going to go? That's better than Justin Herbert. And I think you can also consider Justin Herbert here a winner as well. I mean, Mike Williams is a pretty good art receiver at the end of the day. Obviously they have that chemistry already. So I think, um, Actually, so it's Steven can sleep well on both accounts because he has both Mike Williams and Justin Herbert on his roster. So uh, congrats to you, sir. Mike Williams staying in the Chargers, I think, is the best thing that could happen to you. Yeah, I, I think I would agree with that, that Justin Herbert's a good winner here. And then the young the young receivers, you know, Guyton, Palmer for the Chargers, they have to kind of wait a little bit longer. They might now have to move on to the second team with a second contract, but yeah, he got paid. Um, I, I kind of emerged as a Mike Williams hater the last part of the second of last year. So it is it is what it is. But yeah, I think it's a good one for the Chargers. Yep. And there you have it. So that is your AFC news and additions. If we missed any, let us know. Let us hear about it. Let's go ahead and transition out of here and uh, get on with our lives. Let's do it. Okay, as always, before we sign off, you know where to find us. You know where to reach out to us. And yes, I'm talking about on the social medias. We are on Instagram, thisleague underscore pod. We are on Twitter, thisleague underscore pod. You know it's our off season from January to April. Guess what? We're back now. The content, it's going to start churning. Stay up to date with us. We got off-season interviews coming up. You're going to hear from each and every This League member before the league starts. We got the rookie draft coming up. You're going to be hearing all about that. We got all kind of good stuff coming up for you guys as these episodes start coming to you more regularly. And you can find us on the podcast platforms that matter. Yes, I'm talking about Spotify and Apple Music. And as always, you can subscribe to us on both of those platforms. You can leave us a comment, leave us a review. And as always, a mash that like button. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't quite ready for this, but I think you just kind of get a steamroller from like Caterpillar or one of those places and then put the like button on your phone up and then just roll it over and crush it. Well, that's aggressive.
Yeah, be very aggressive. Just click the like button. Just or, do it. Or you could just click it. www.thisleaguepod.com. That's where Your you can ass. find Just us. click it. <laughs> Your ass. All right. I'm going to sign us out here. I am out. I'm Chris Mitchum. Love you guys. Peace. Hey, year three, season three. Let's go. Go on, get. And we back, 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 and Hit that intro with Kanye, yeah, sound like Andre. Tryna turn my baby mama to my fiance. She like music, she from Houston, like Auntie Yonce. Man, my daughter couldn't have a better mother. If she ever find another, you better love her. Man, I swear my life is perfect. I can merge it. If I die, I'll probably cry in my own service. Ah, ah, it was a dream. You cannot mess with the beam. This is like this many rings. What a terrible transition, man! I gotta, I gotta get better at that. I'm, 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 I'm dusty. All right, let's wrap you, it up. You dusty. <laughs>